Hi, it's Lynn Galadner, and welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm a writer and entrepreneur, and through decades of writing articles for magazines and newspapers and authoring books, I've learned that we succeed through inspiration from storytelling and deep and mutually beneficial relationships. This show began in 2018 after my father was diagnosed with a terminal illness, and I wanted a way to capture his stories and record his insights. It's grown since then to share stories of how people around the world make meaning from very ordinary pursuits. Now I focus on sharing the stories of writers, authors, and those in the world of publishing to learn how and why we create stories that help us make meaning from the mundane. I'm a former journalist and marketing entrepreneur, and I've been teaching writing for more than two decades. As a writing coach, I help authors build their brands and share their words. If you'd like to write with me, check out my offerings at lynngaladner.com. And you'll find more episodes of this podcast at makemeaning.org, as well as on every podcast platform you can think of. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to the Make Meaning Podcast. Now, on to the show. Hey everyone, it's Lynn. I'm excited to announce that my novel, Woman of Valor, is making its debut September 26, 2023. It would make me so happy if you might pre-order your own copy or email me at lynn at yourppl.com if you'd like to be added to our street team or attend the virtual launch party. This is a novel with a strong female lead. There's lots of romance, deep love, but also betrayal and abuse and ultimately resolution. And if you're curious about the Orthodox Jewish world, you'll learn a lot from this story. I can't wait to tell you more about it. Stay tuned for our September 8th episode, which will tell you all about Woman of Valor, and I hope to include you in all of our book celebrations. Annie Catherine always dreamed of becoming an author, and she lives by the motto, Creating is Living. The Friendship Breakup is her debut book that was published this year in 2023. In fact, Annie describes herself as, quote, a total book nerd and says that she read so many books that she became a bookstagrammer and started a book podcast called Soulful Series Video Chat. But before she focused full-time on her author career, Annie worked in marketing communications for a Fortune 500 company. After she read Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, she went to Italy, took an African safari, and meditated for 10 days with no outside contact. And after all that, she started her own marketing consulting agency. But Annie's first love is writing, which I and so many of our listeners can relate to. I'm so excited that her first novel finally made its debut and that Annie is gaining acclaim for her writing in so many ways. Before all of this, she earned a journalism degree and a master's in communications from Marquette University, and now she lives in Chicagoland with her husband, daughter, and two fur babies. Annie, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Me too. Yes. I, I'm just so excited about your success with the friendship breakup, which we're going to talk about. Um, but I want to start with a question that I love to ask my guests when we first get started. It's about your earliest memories of writing. So I'm wondering what comes to mind when you think about your childhood, you know, what role did writing play or do you have like a first memory of it? I do. And I love that question because nobody has asked me that before. So I used to write poems and they were rhyming poems. I just I just loved rhyming and I had luckily I had a lot of support. You know, my family would laugh at them and in 4th grade I had a teacher who took my poems and she was learning calligraphy. Wow. And so yeah, she did a whole book for oh. me. And you know what? I need to find it because I've been thinking a lot about that lately. 
But so that was, that just touched my heart that she would take her like learning calligraphy and do a poem book for me. And so I am just so grateful for that because that's such a positive memory I have of my early writings. Yeah, what a what a caring teacher. That's really a lovely gift. And you have to find it. And I want to see it on social media because what a great story for a writer to share about like, look who I was. I've always been a writer, you know? And I don't know if you remember the teacher's name, but you totally have to see if you can find her because wouldn't that be cool to tag her on that, you know? Well, you know, it's so funny you said that because I do remember her name and she is no longer a teacher. And I looked her up and she has this really cute business where she sends thoughtful gift back baskets where people can order thoughtful gift baskets from her for friends and family. And I have not reached out to her, but I know that she's doing that. And it's been about a year since I found her. And I, I honestly, I probably should reach out to her. And you know what, this is probably a sign that I should do that soon. (laughs) I seriously got chills. Like you have to send her your book and be like, look what you started. You know, how cool is that? That's so neat. I love that. (laughs) Well, awesome. So I know you had a celebrated career in marketing before you took the plunge to write full time. So I'd love to hear about what led you to make a go of an author career. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So uh, yes, I, I started my career in technical writing and then I moved to marketing and then I did take the plunge and had a marketing business. And, but being an author was always my dream. Mm-hmm. Like I love writing in all different capacities mm-hmm. and I was able to do that through technical writing and marketing. But then I was was really itching to do something longer and write a novel. So I, I just, I just decided one day to do it. My daughter went to school full-time and I, that was the catalyst for me to start. I'm like, okay, she's in school full-time. I'm still freelancing marketing, but I can make some time now because I was always working around her schedule for freelance. And, but now I had more time. So I said, I'm going to do it. So I sat down and wrote a book. (laughs) <laughs> I just sat down and wrote a book. I mean, you know, it was that easy, you know? <laughs> well, um, yes. Yeah, so we can skip ahead to that. And I do want to come back to some of your marketing stuff, but let's just jump in. Like, let's talk about the friendship breakup. So tell me about where you got the inspiration for the story, how long it took you to, you know, just write a book and <laughs> tell me all that. <laughs> that is so funny because it, it does sound like it's simple when I say that, but it really wasn't. So I started out writing. I so my grandma died and my cousin died within a year of each other. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know it was a painful experience, and that is where my I had fantasy books started out. That's what I started with, and I was writing to heal from the loss, that pain. And I so I wrote two fantasy books, but (laughs) my voice I don't know. I don't know. I it just didn't work for fantasy. Yeah. No, nobody was huh. picking it up. So well, is that a genre that you were reading? Was that something yeah. like why fantasy? You just you like it? I was so I was reading The Lightning Thief. I don't uh-huh. I just like yeah. fantasy. Carol by Stephanie Garber. I just uh-huh. loved her series. Uh-huh. And yeah, so, some other ones. And I just thought, oh, this is so creative. This is yeah. so fun. You can make up a whole world. You can build. Yeah. And actually, you know, I know they say friends and family. They did love my my fantasy books. Well, I got support there, but then no agents or publishers mm. were like, they didn't want it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, so I'm always taking 
the pain of something in my life and putting it towards a book. So the friendship breakup was born out of a painful experience I had with some friends. Hmm. And in I found my voice when I was writing that. It was okay. It was starting to get picked up by agents after I wrote it. And I thought, okay, so women's fiction is really where I I could shine rather sure. than fantasy. Yeah, so. yeah. Cool. So now do you ever think about doing anything with those first two fantasy books now that you've had this success? You know, it's so funny. Several people who've read those books tell me that they're waiting for that to be published <laughs> and they want sequels. Yeah. So, you know, it's, as you know, it it's very time consuming to write yes. and, yes. and market book, your book. So when the friendship breakup was on its way to the world, I was doing a ton of marketing and I really didn't feel like I had time to go back to any of my previous books. And now I'm writing another women's fiction book because that's what I've had success with. Yeah. And so I really don't know how I would fit in at yeah. this point, yeah. those fantasy books. Uh, I, I guess I would just have to make it a priority, but yeah. right now I'm focusing on women's fiction. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So tell me about your publishing journey. I know that this book was pub published traditionally by Alcove Press. So just tell me, like, take me through the whole process of finding an agent, landing a book deal, all that stuff. Sure. Okay. So I wrote The Friendship Breakup in four months. I just wow. Yeah, I flew through it. I it was just something that just came to me and I sat down and I committed to writing it every day. And so but then I have to I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I have to ask, yeah. did you plan it out like you sort of had a an outline or did you just sort of like let it come? I just let it come. I just oh. wanted it to be organic. I wanted the characters to talk to me, which mm -hmm. they did. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yep. But yeah, so it's interesting you asked that question because then um, when I went to look for an agent, I did get a lot of requests. Uh, well, I mean, I got 15. I don't know. if That's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And the one agent who, so all, all 14 passed except one agent. And okay. She uh, told me that she asked nicely <laughs> if I could hire an editor, mm -hmm. professional editor, because she felt like it needed some extra eyes and someone professional to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So, now, had you taken it to a developmental editor on your own or no? No, no. not at okay. this point. Well, I had some beta readers and mm -hmm. one of them was an editor and okay. I had critique partners, but I didn't have uh, anybody professional edit it. Okay. Okay. So I, since, since one of the editors that read my book, she was, she's a developmental editor and she does all different kinds of editing. And mm -hmm. I asked her if she would edit for me okay. and she had a deal going on. So it was ah. kind of like the stars were aligned, you know, I didn't uh -huh. have to pay through the nose. <laughs> yeah. So she helped me with it because she had loved it as a beta reader. So I wanted someone who was already, you know, had championed it. She loved it. So yeah. I, so Great. then I, Back to my agent. Yeah. And my agent was like, okay, I'm signing you. 
but you need to go outline now. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So like after writing, editing, revising, now you do an outline. Tell me about that. That's so strange. No, I thought it was strange too. And I was, I was beside myself. Like you want me to do what? (laughs) Yeah. So, so going back to the whole thing where I wrote it in four months, you know, it obviously was just a really rough draft. Okay. So it took me eight months to get my agent. Then it took me another eight months with her to outline it. And oh my gosh, I think it could have gone faster, but she has a roster of clients. So, so in between, you know, she's, you know, working with other clients and then helping me with this outline. And it just was a lot of back and forth for eight months. Oh, (laughs) wow. How did you feel during that time? Were you just like, impatient or frustrated? Or were you working on the next book? Like what what was going on with you at the time? (laughs) No, I honestly could not work on a next book until I had this one ready. I explore this with my personality because Uh I, and it's even like this now, I don't think I can work on one more than one book at a time. Okay. Yeah. I think I might have to get over that because (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, the timing, you ha- I want a book come out every year. Yeah. And if yeah. I'm not writing the next one right away, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Is yeah. that your goal? A book a year? Yeah. So that's my goal. Yeah. And I need to get on that. So anyway, um, yeah. So back to the outlining. Yeah. So it took eight months. And then, but the good thing about it is after I outlined, outlined putting all the new information into my book, it went fast. And then we went on submission and literally Elcove picked me up within two weeks. Of oh my gosh. Yes. That's so and cool. I know. And it was so amazing because I had done all the back, back work, you know, I didn't, yeah. some people get a, an editor and then have to do a ton of stuff. Well, my book was in such good shape at this point that they didn't have hardly any changes at Elcove. So oh, that's so amazing. That, yeah. So, okay, wait, I want to back up though to the outline. So your, your agent wanted you to outline it. Mm -hmm. Did she explain why? And like, what changed as you did that process? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So she felt like there was some pacing issues and some scenes that really didn't move the book, the storyline forward. Hmm. But rather than work with a full manuscript, she thought it would be easier if we had the outline and then could just work that way on a a high level scale and then cutting some scenes and uh, changing maybe a little bit of the storyline. And so I found that as I had done the outline, I thought that the outline would stifle my creativity because I was so used to just sitting down and writing and having everything come to me. And I just loved how that creativity came to me, but the outline was fine. The creativity still came to me as I was doing an outlining. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, I wrote a novel way back in the early 2000s that will never probably see the light of day. And I just sat down and let it come. And it was a so such a cool process. And I, I had beta readers look at it and then put it in a drawer for five years and then brought it back out. And, and it just, 
it was really fun, but I, but it definitely had a lot of plot holes and needed development in so many ways. And I was a very different writer then. And I've never been somebody who plots it out or outlines or anything. But as I started writing Woman of Valor, my novel that's coming out in September, I needed that structure and I found it harder. And so now I've, I've changed myself into a plotter from a pantser. And so like this next novel that I'm writing right now, I spent a month mapping it out before I ever sat down to write. And it felt like I had support, like I had someone behind me as I was like going, you know? So it totally, it makes it easier, but, but you have to like sit yourself down and like organize in order to do that, which yeah, feels stifling to the creativity, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is so funny because that's the same thing that happened to me, but now I'm a plotter. I actually, well, my agent expects me to do it, but <laughs> I actually love it now because, yeah. because I ran into the whole, you know, the saggy middle. Did you experience? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. When I started writing Woman of Valor, which is, was a very different book, it was 2011. And I got to page like 50 or 60 and was like, okay, I don't know what's happening. And so I just abandoned it for 10 years. And when I came back to it, I'm like, oh, I have to think this through. And that was what was hard was, and I'd never heard the term saggy middle, but I but I love it because I feel like it's exactly what it is. And I was just like, I don't know what happens next. So yeah. I feel like the outline, like the plotting, like eases that so that you know what comes next, even though you might depart from it when you get writing. Does that happen to you? Do you like go a little bit off on your own from yes. the outline? Yeah. Oh, yes. The outline is just, you know, a base, but I have, I... I've gone off of it. it. When I sit down to write, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going off the outline. And then I'm like, no, yeah, I'm going to add this and that. So yeah, yeah no, they're going definitely. here. They're doing yeah. that. Like, yeah. but you had a starting place, which is, yeah. I think it's grounding, you know? It is. It is. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's really, really neat. So, okay. So let's um, back up a little bit because I know you did so much work with marketing to get this book out. You've been talking about it, building a buzz really well for so long. And so I want to dive in a little bit because I'm I'm sort of fangirling about your social media p- prowess. Like I talk about you all the time in my classes when I tell uh, writers about how to build their, their brands and how to, you know, how to market books. I'm like, well, you have to check out Annie Catherine. She is so good at social media. And I like want want to be here when I grow up one day. And so like, I want to understand. So tell me how you came to be so good at Instagram and any tips you might have for our listeners who, who are a little tentative to use social media to market books. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. That is so sweet of you to say. (laughs) Seriously. I'm like ogling you from afar. I'm like, she does this so easily and so well, how can I learn this? You know. (laughs) Well, you know, I started out 2019. Well, well, I've been on Instagram for a while, but it was a personal page. And then in 2019, I started a book page. And I, I don't know, I think I, at the point in my writing career, I was starting to feel lonely. because Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know anybody who was going through what I was going through. And I thought, gosh, I need to figure out how to meet um, other authors. Mm -hmm. So I got on Instagram and then I just, I had noticed that there was a community of people posting books and I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, I could do that. And I realized they were called bookstagrammers. Uh I just inserted myself into the community. I was like, okay. So I started following bookstagrammers and authors. And then I posted about what I was reading and giving, you know, I had never written a review of a book until I got on Instagram. Yeah, really? I, yes. Wow. 
I was so scared. I thought I was like, I have nothing to say. I mean, I love the book, but I, I have to write something profound. Like what, what am I going to say about these books? Right. It was a scary feeling to have to think that an author was going to read something that I said about their book. Yeah. But then I just started out small and I actually, my reviews are not very long. They're just very high level and like a few lines, but I realized that that means a lot to an author, just a few yeah. lines. Yeah. 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 So anyways, I started writing, you know, reviews and then authors started following me back and then DMing me and, or I would direct message them and tell them how much I love their books. And I was just being organic and authentic. I, I wasn't expecting anything. And then it just, after over time and just being engaged and, and engaging every day and posting every day, mm-hmm. I just started building a building up a following and it doesn't happen overnight. You really have to stick with it. You have to be consistent. You have to engage. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, gosh, look at it's four years. And so it, it just takes time. And I think a lot of people get discouraged because it's, it doesn't happen quickly. Mm-hmm. But nothing in this industry happens quickly. <laughs> no, no. And marketing is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. So it takes it takes nurturing, it takes time and it's 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 not quick. I mean, it's you build an author career over time, not not overnight. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um so yeah, so tell me a little bit about sort of your vision for marketing the friendship breakup. So when you find when you first got the deal, like when did you start posting about it? How how much did you build that buzz before your publication date? I was straight out of the gate when um, I got the deal. Mm-hmm. I well, kind of. So <laughs> I I got the deal, and I actually posted the publisher marketing marketing place blurb, and yes. I built some excitement on my personal Facebook page. And I found that people who are not in the industry are already going, oh, "Where can I buy your book? Where can oh. I find your book?" and uh-huh. Oh wait, it's a. Uh, I don't have the date yet. Uh, time <laughs> next year. So I I realize that not everybody understands how long it really takes a book to come to market. So even though you have a publisher, mm-hmm. it takes at least twelve months before your book is on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And so I think I started, you know, posting here and there. I. I wasn't posting every day about my book, but, you know, about some of my inspiration around my book. So there's a chocolatier in my book and, or she's a budding chocolatier. And so I would, you know, post about the chocolate shops in my area and the inspiration around that. So it was just Uh finding ways to get people enthused about the friendship breakup. And Mm -hmm. then around the six month prior mark is when the cover reveal happened. And that is when you're really pushing for pre-orders. Okay. Full steam ahead at that point. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So like, have you done anything with chocolatiers for like, since the book came out, are you doing any like little book tour with chocolate shops or anything like that? So that's, that keeps coming up. So I probably (laughs) should look at that, but Uh so my Barnes and Noble, they were so sweet. The manager uh, booked me for a book signing the week of my release and Uh she put a whole bunch of chocolates out by me. Uh Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah, it was right before Valentine's Day. So Mm -hmm. she had all these chocolates next to me. And I was like, gosh, I didn't even think of that. And it was so sweet. And my friends threw me a book launch party and they did fondue, which was really nice. And I actually, yeah, I had swag boxes that I sent out to book influencers. And I did include like a piece of chocolate in the swag box and Mm -hmm. some chocolate scratch and sniff stickers. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, So there's been a little bit of chocolate, but I really, there's something there with maybe partnering with, we have two local chocolate shops in my area that are just fabulous. And, you know, I just need to go in there and ask them, hey, let's do something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just see so many options. Like you could be speaking to like chocolatier associations, or you could go to different cities where you have friends and like, you know, at the chocolate shops do something. I don't know. There's so much you could do. That's so cool. Really cool. So how's the book doing? What kind of responses are you hearing from people? It's doing really well. I'm so excited when I, I actually read all my reviews and uh-huh. um, some, I know some authors don't because, you know, you get some, you get the good with the bad. Yeah. And I, I don't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm reading it because I feel like there people are going to help me grow as a writer, as an author. And I can, for the next book, if someone, you know, didn't like it for some reason, I, I, and they have constructive feedback, constructive feedback. I go and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do better in my next book. But for the most part, a lot of women are so touched that I talked about a topic that people shove under the rug or because, you know, you talk about the boyfriend breakups, the partner breakups, the the heartaches from a love interest, but very rarely do you really talk about your friends and how you may might have been through a painful breakup with a friend. It's it's in our society, many people say, well, you can just you just go get another friend or just yeah. hang out with other people, just yeah. move on. But it is a very painful experience. And I've been noticing in reviews that a lot more women have been through it than I had even imagined. And many of them had said, I felt like you were writing about me. And that is the best compliment ever. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because your book has made me think about, um, I had a, a friend who I consider one of my best friends for a really long time, like, like. 25 years, like a really long time. I was in her wedding and she was in, I think, both of my weddings, actually. So like over like the court, like, you know, babies and everything and all this stuff. And around the time of one of my kids' bar mitzvahs, she just was like MIA and like didn't just stopped returning calls and emails and never responded to the invitation, even though I didn't think she'd come. She lives out of state. And I still have never had an answer. It's been my son, whose bar mitzvah it was, is now turning 21. And so it's been a while. And so you just like move on. But I, I've like racked my brain. And I last year we went for Thanksgiving to the town where she lives. And I thought about her and I sent an email and was like, you know, whatever I did, I'm so sorry, but I just want to understand. And I never heard back. And it's like, yeah, it's like this whole like, like big question mark. And so your book, like, really made me think about it. Like, I might even start writing an essay about it, because I feel like it is such a universal issue that nobody talks about, you know? Yes. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry you had that experience. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I've noticed that what other people have said the same thing. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. And, yeah. and 
here's what I want to say. You maybe didn't do anything. Maybe yeah. the person had something going on in their own life yeah. that they just had to step away and had to, to figure out for themselves because a lot of times it's not about you. And that's yeah. what I wanted to come across in my book too. And, and because I went through a painful experience too, and I never got the closure either, but I wanted Fallon to get closure. Mm -hmm. I I did not want her to have the ending that so many of us have had because it is painful. Yes. Yeah. This is a huge topic. I feel like you should be on the Today Show and like Good Morning America and everywhere just talking about this topic. Like, yes, the book. Yay, the book. But like, this is such a huge issue. Like, I feel like you can be this like spokeswoman for so many, you know, friendships that fizzled out. And it's like, we don't know why. I just, I just see so many opportunities for this to grow for you, even though you're on to the next book. And, you know, (laughs) but like, thank you for bringing out a topic that I think needed to be brought out. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I, you know, that is really a good idea. I I know I didn't, (laughs) I would love to be on the Today Show or Good Morning America and talking about this. And, you know, I think as time goes on, the world is going to be ready for this. It's yeah. going to, and I've seen essays already written in Newsweek. I have a friend who wrote an essay about it. Nice. And so, yeah, I, you know, and I applaud you and I think you should definitely write an essay about it. And, you know, yeah, maybe that's my next thing. I should write an essay about it and yes. then let's get this show on the road already. Yeah. Jenna, Reese, are you listening? Come on, give Annie a call, please. Like you need to talk about her. Zibby, where are you? Anyway. Oh, <laughs> yes. So, all right. I do want to ask you what I know you're writing the next book. Uh, book a year is a great goal. It's my goal too, which is really exciting. And so I'm going to have a whole library of Annie Catherine, which will be cool. So before we finish our conversation, I, I would love to ask what advice you might offer to writers who are listening to this interview, wherever they are in their journey? Yes. Okay. So the biggest thing I think is don't stop until you are proud of what you're writing about. Keep going because if you are proud of what you're writing and you believe in what you are writing, then others are going to take notice and get something out of it too. But you first have to believe it. And I I think, you know, that going back and looking over my other books, <clears throat> the fantasy books, maybe I did not believe in them as much as I did the women's fiction that I was writing. I believe that the story needed to be told. Mm-hmm. So I say, keep going. And you know what, if it, if it doesn't get picked up right away, put it aside, write the next book you're proud of. Because mm-hmm. a lot of authors are getting, or a lot of writers are getting publishers on their second book and the publishers will go back and pick up your first. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's not wasted. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. So when you were working on the friendship breakup, like over and over, did you still always love it every time you went back to it? No, no, there was a point I hated it. I was like, I'm done with this thing. It Uh is crap. I I can't anymore. (laughs) And so I, at that point, luckily my agent had it, I put it aside I, and, you know, I didn't even go on to another writing book, which I, I should take my own advice. Yes. Um, 
because I was still so wrapped up in this whole process, but I, I decided to read instead. I, I read more books, mm-hmm. but now I lost my train of thought. About, did you love it all the way through? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I put it aside. And then after a few months, when I came back to it and I, I looked at it freshly again, uh-huh. I had it, I loved it. Yeah. So I think, and I have talked to other authors and they said that that is part of the process, that there is a point where you look at your book and you're like, this is, this is terrible. Why did I write this? But I guess it's part of the process. Yeah. I have a friend who said that to me because I had told you about my memoir, how I put it aside and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Whoever is going to want to read it. And one of, so one of my friends who has many books out was like, yeah, every single time I get to that point. And I was like, seriously? And so I just, that was helpful information because then maybe it's not that bad and I can go back to it. But, you know, you do get to that point and you, you're right. You have to put it aside and do something else. And then with fresh eyes, see it anew. Well, I am so glad the friendship breakup is in the world. And I'm so glad to know you, Annie Catherine. And I can't wait to see what comes next. So thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning podcast. Thank you. I had so much fun chatting with you today, Lynn. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world. And please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more at makemeaning.org or lynngaladner.com.